you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. I need to hire, like, an opera singer to come in and do that bit uh, for 15 years, 10 years or something we've had to do it. Uh, I need to hire an opera singer to come in, like one of those ones that's got the horns on her head that's always in the comics that you see, and uh, she just sings that. But uh, that might be weird. I don't know. I'd probably have to pay her, too. So it's cheaper just for me to do it, folks, which is why it sounds as cheap as it does. But I do love that you run up to me at shows and go, the Chris show! And I'm like, security, run. <laughs> And then I have my team tackle you and throw you to the ground, and and uh, you can talk to the Secret Service after that. No, I don't. I'm not that sort of person. Anyway, guys, we have uh, amazing authors on the show. Uh, for 15 years, we've been bringing you the most brilliant minds, the billionaires, the CEOs, the newsmakers, the Pulitzer Prize winners, the great authors, all that sort of good stuff. And then little old me is on the show, too. You know, I'm just, you know. I'm just the guy with the mic. And the, and they put the name in the title. I paid extra five bucks for that. Uh, so there you go. Uh, our amazing author that we have on deck today, who's going to blow your mind, rearrange your mindset, uh, change your life, and uh, make you think of things in new ways that you have never thought of before, joins us on the show today. And I put so much pressure on him for just making this whole bit up. And uh, he's just sitting on the other side going, what the hell did I get myself into? I, I just wrote a damn book for hell's sakes, but no, he is going to do all that, and I assure you, he will. Uh, we his newest book just came out, May eleventh, twenty twenty two, Branding Queens. Uh, Kim Rosdiba joins us on the show today. He's going to be talking to us about his amazing book and what in, went into it. When we're talking about branding, marketing. All that sort of stuff we talk about on the Chris Voss Show, uh, building brands, uh, books, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he is an author, blogger, and branding guru. He has guided some of the Fortune 500's oldest and most iconic brands. He has over three decades of strategic planning, branding, and executing multi-million-dollar advertising and marketing campaigns, PR, and corporate communications in the agriculture pharmaceutical, petroleum, airline, telecommunication, and automotive industries. He recently published his first book, Branding Queens, which is about 20 incredible women who built a global brand dynasties. And his goal is uh, uh, showing up is to share his branding knowledge with uh, those eager to listen and learn, which we all are now on the show. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And I think you could be my PR person. There you go. I, I've had a few people uh, say that I should walk around and be their town crier. Like I introduce them as they, you know, the medieval sort of sense where anytime they walk into the town square, I hear ye, hear ye. Kim Rosdiba has entered the square. All oh, children, one and uh, women, children, one and all come around and listen to the wise men. Uh, so give us your dot com, Kim, so we can find you on the interwebs, please. So it's really easy. It's Rosdeba, R-O-Z-D-E-B-A dot com. There you go. Uh, so uh, let's ask you, uh, give us a 30,000 overview of this book. Sure. It's, it's about 20 women. Uh, who started 
a business from ground zero. Uh, each is a story of its own in the book. So the nice thing about it is you can read one each night uh, and learn about an incredible woman, how they started an iconic brand. There you go. Uh, and throughout it, I try to frame it uh, under the understanding of what is a brand and how do you build a brand. Mm -hmm. There you go. So uh, what motivated you want to write this book about these 20 women? So do you know Veuve Clicquot, the champagne? Uh, yeah, I do. I think, I, I think I've gotten mucked up on it before. Okay. Do you know what Veuve uh, translate in English is? Um, I didn't. Alcoholism? So it's okay. It's okay. No, no it's widow. So <laughs> on the label, it says widow Clicquot. I never knew that. And I, when I discovered that, I'm going, why would somebody put a widow on a label of a very nice champagne? There you go. And then I discovered that um, Nicole Barbara Tico actually was the person behind the brand. And she hmm. built this uh, brand uh, to be an international champagne. So that was the start. And I'm going, but why did she put widow on it was it did she have to this is going back to 1810 mm -hmm. that was the first time she she put out her product wow. into the marketplace and i'm going why why would she put widow was it to because it was legally required at that time i mean mm -hmm. women were second class citizens they had no rights mm -hmm. <clears throat> was it sympathy so this was this was my journey to find out why she did this on a brand and you'll have to read the book to find out why you have to read the book to find out there you go good tease good tease i love it uh we love the teases on the show because then people have to go buy the book to find out um you know uh, honestly um i i've been on quite a few journeys drinking champagne as well but that's another story uh <laughs> You know what I mean? We've all had those nights uh, there at the clubs or whatever. Uh, in fact, we used to throw incredible champagne parties at my house uh, that were pretty interesting. Uh, so give us a bit of your background. What uh, you know? I kind of alluded to some of it in your biography read, but uh, tell us in your words uh, kind of what some of your upbringing history is, kind of what shaped you as a person, et cetera, et cetera. So I grew up Vancouver Island. Uh, and for those that uh, don't know the geography in Canada, that's the furthest Western you can go mm -hmm. in Canada. It's right off of Vancouver. There's an island. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where I grew up. I went to University of Toronto, which is the center of the universe in Canada. Uh, I went to U of T. Uh, but before that, I actually went uh, and did a year uh, traveling around uh, Europe. Uh, I'm going to age myself by telling you that I actually traveled $10 a day. Uh, that would be impossible today. I don't even think you could do an hour in Europe for $10. Uh, but I was there for a year and I started to really, really look at people uh, and look at cultures. Mm -hmm. And I have used that, that, that one year of learning about people mm -hmm. still today. So I went to university. Uh, I took a whole bunch of courses in business, uh, economics. I ended up working in a marketing uh, in a large uh, petroleum company downstream. And then I went from there to an advertising agency because I really enjoyed the communications and understanding consumers 
And I was uh, at Ogilvy, uh, one of the, I guess it's the seventh largest in the world. Um, good place to start uh, a career. And I was there for a little over 10 years. And then I went from there to a smaller agency. And then I went client side again uh, after that. And since then, I have been fascinated by brands. I have a blog that I write about uh, everything about branding. There you go. And you're here. You're, uh, I was going to say, your boots give you away as a Canadian. We love our Canadian friends <laughs> and uh, go rush. Uh, but, uh, and, and South Park Boys, or not South Park Boys, yeah. uh, Trailer Park Boys. Trailer Park, yeah. <clears throat> there you go. You're kind of mixing the, the two brands that probably should be mixed. But yeah, I'm a big Trailer Park uh, uh, Boys fan. In fact, everyone says I'm Ricky. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There you go. What are you, what are you going to do? I'm still trying to get over that. <clears throat> At least I'm. At least I'm not, I don't know, uh, there's some jokes there, but we're just going to leave it on the table. Uh, so what made you choose these 20 women? What was the, uh, what was the, you know, the, the basis for, okay, why are these women stand out? Why are they, um, why are they the branding queens? So, yeah, I had to come up with some sort of criteria because there's a lot of women out there that have been successful building brands and building companies in particular. So it had to be somebody that that went beyond just one country. Uh, it had to be someone who had built a cult-like following. Uh, so it had to be retail. Uh, mm -hmm. It had to be uh, something that would connect with the uh, consumers, the general consumers. Mm -hmm. It had to be, there had to be enough evidence that this person was involved with the branding Mm -hmm. That they were not just sort of, you know, the administrator and they hired all these people, that mm -hmm. they actually were um, directly involved with uh, creating the brand. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it had to be successful and it still had to be successful today. So that was the criteria I used. And I, that's how I found it goes back 200 years. Really? It's the oldest, is the wow. oldest brand, which is uh, Vive Glicot, to the youngest one, which is 20 years old, which is uh, Spanx. <laughs> yes, which is, <laughs> which is Sarah Blakely. That's a hell of a story, man. <clears throat> That's a hell of a story, but it, it's everywhere now. I mean, it's, it it's is rocket it's... ship to fame. If you're if you're familiar with that story, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, in the book, you feature a lot of different people. You uh, five cosmetic and beauty brands, uh, four women apparel innovators, three media moguls, three manufacturers of vacuum cleaners. Airplanes, toys, two bakers, one winemaker, one direct marketer, and a real queen. Do you want to tease out who the real queen is? Queen Elizabeth II. Ah, I've heard of her. Yeah. God save the queen. Well, he've kind of fucked that up, but you know, <laughs> recently. <laughs> but man, I, I would have, I would have killed to have sat down with her and just been like, and just been like, hey, tell me about Churchill. Tell me about like all the secret stuff that you. You, you want to talk shit about behind people's back because you're just like, you know, that guy was a buffoon or, you know, tell me all the dirty laundry that you've seen over what, 11 president, the U.S. presidents, seven, oh, yeah. Yeah. seven to 10 prime ministers, or I don't know how many, because I don't care, um, Americans. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, just her journey of life, you, you have to, you have to look at her life and go, what is it like to live a hundred years through, through the most tumultuous you know, hundred year century of, of, uh, or centuries of, of time. And God, I would have loved, but I, I didn't, I wouldn't want the PR. I'd want to hear like the shit, the dirty laundry. Well, yeah, but 
the consistency of that woman's uh, representation and how she represented yeah. herself in the public every single day mm-hmm. is incredible. I mean, I always sort of, when you talk about personal branding, mm-hmm. I kind of like go, do you really need to be a personal brand? Because that's like being a box of cereal. You mm-hmm. have to be so rigid in being a brand. And I would say she was is probably the rigidest brand I've ever seen in the sense of being consistent always of what how she looked, how she presented herself. I mean, she only actually communicated 15 minutes every year, and that was in her holiday address. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, she did very brief little uh, introductions or you know congratulations or welcome but they were very brief and they were scripted mm-hmm. and, that's and all we know of her yeah and it, it i mean it's pretty smart it seems like the more people you the more information you give people the more they t- can sometimes turn into ugly stuff yeah. i was listening to uh, a, the sam harris podcast recently and they were talking about how as a politician if you if you give people if you take a side good or bad you're just going to get thrown stuff so sometimes it's better just to ride down the middle or just not say anything at all um because you if you give people ammo they'll, they'll shoot guns at you basically um and uh yeah so con- controlling the pr managing it and everything else um but any other uh tease outs of the book maybe you want to tease out or stories that you found that were fascinating that surprised you yeah so i'm i'll kind of maybe frame it because i had to frame the book into I call the five C's of branding. And uh-huh. I, I, I did it intentionally in the sense of, could I find each of these women? Could I actually rate how well they did under the five C's? Quickly, I'll just tell you what the five C's are. First mm-hmm. one is commitment, which is your purpose, your values. Uh, you know, it's, it's your principle, your vision. The second one is construct, which is your logo, your color palette, the you know the the uh, tonality is your brand fun, uh, is it a luxury brand? Uh, the next one was community, which is your customers, your employees. Uh, the following was content, which is all of your advertising, marketing, PR, um, everything you know, your social media, and then the final one was consistency. And I kind of looked at these to see if I could rate them and say you know, but I couldn't. It was all so subjective in the sense of they all had all five uh, and all of them had them at a very high degree. So it would have been really difficult to, to try and say, okay, this one's better than that one. But, but um, you know, early when we were talking, one of the things that, that seemed to come out most often, and again, when you're starting a brand, you have no money. You're, <laughs> you're living day to day, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so you have no ability to, to spend money on advertising and get awareness. So you had to build it yourself and free advertising. So public relations became really important. And for many of these women, they were brilliant, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant at getting um, journalists to write about them. And they still are writing about some of these uh, women today. There you go. I, I, we were talking about the pre-show. I, women are great at PR. I think like 95, 96% of PR agents are women. They're great at spin. They're great at, they're great at marketing. Um, you know, uh, 
it's it's kind of inherent back to hey, where's the equality in that business i don't know whatever uh there's no equality in the universe uh so these are these are not only great stories about women but you've incorporated basically great branding lessons in here um where people can learn branding and the importance of branding and branding examples what is branding we we talk about that we kick it around you always hear it everywhere what what is branding so i i've kind of uh, adapted a quote from uh, maya angelo and my my this is my definition of a brand a brand isn't about what it says or does but how it makes its customers feel hmm at the end of the day, all of the transactions, all of the different communications that you or I are being consuming of a brand, that experience, it's all about at the end of it, it's that feeling that you have with that brand. Do you like mm. it? Yeah. Does it emotionally connect with you and appeal to you? Um, you know, I, 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 uh, it, it, just about anything you take and utilize. Like I'm, I'm loyal to some brands. I love the crap out of them. I'll buy just about anything they do. You see that in uh, the Apple brand a lot. Yeah, people are incredibly loyal to that brand, even <laughs> even though it's good, quite expensive. They just put out, I think, one of the most expensive phones, and people are like, I'll buy it. And you know, I know people they buy, they, they like buy every new Apple every year. I, I don't. I, they must be richer than I am. Um, there's there's ones that stand in line. Yeah, they stand in line for hours to buy it. And, uh, well, I have a lot of money. I'm not standing in line for anything. And uh, I'm an Android fan anyway. But, uh, uh, but no, the, the brand loyalty that's out there and the feeling you get. You know, I, I recently went out to, uh, a couple weeks ago, I wanted to dinner to this beautiful uh, place on the water at a beautiful lake here in Utah. And I can't think of many places that are here in Utah that are on the lake, you know, that you can sit right next to the water and, and sit out and enjoy the scenery of, of a beautiful lake and Canyon. Uh, and, and then get a fine food, you know, usually you can get a burger or something at most joints, but, uh, and so there's fine food, but the service was atrocious. I mean, it was just, it was just a truck. Like one of the things I asked for was a side of fries. They totally forgot about it. And then I asked other people and I just had a horrible experience. It, well, well, the food was good. The ambience was uh, wonderful. So I wrote them a note uh, and said, you know, you really need to train your servers and you need to get it right. Cause this is just stupid. In fact, I, I quit. Um, I quit. Uh, I quit uh, the dessert uh, and and waved off getting dessert and went up to Sundance and got my dessert um, ski resort. <clears throat> and then I just came back uh, la over the weekend because I'm I'm trying to enjoy the ambiance before it's gone. So I'm like, fuck it. If the service sucks, all these get this ambiance. You know, it's, it's getting cold here in winter. And they actually listened to my advice and they totally changed my experience to where. Uh, this, they, they got some professional waiter in there. Uh, he knew exactly what he was doing. They had people rotating through the table, checking on stuff, making sure your drink was full, you know, all that sort of good stuff. And I had a great experience, just yeah. an awesome experience. And so I bring that up because it's interesting to see the dichotomy that it was, and I won't get into the details, but it's just, it was just such a horrible service and horrible experience in the one hand. And then this in the same frame, their atmosphere having a totally different experience and make me emotionally love the brand and uh and, and change how I, and you're right it comes down to that feeling if i feel good and i have a great experience but it, it's got to be like the full thing you can't i see i seem to see a lot of brands nowadays that are like well we gave you great products so our service is shit 
yeah. and you're like, I, you know, you don't understand. It's not giving me the full feels, if you will. No. No. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, absolutely. I mean, you can have the greatest product, but if you don't know how to actually use it, or mm-hmm. if there's a problem with it and you can't fix it, it's mm-hmm. useless. Yep. Right. Yeah. And and you've actually the damage to the reputation of what you're going to talk about because what you're going to sit there and go, Oh, I, that was a horrible experience. I'm not going to share that with anybody. That's the first thing you're going to share, mm-hmm. but you're also going to share the most, the best experience you've had too. Definitely. I mean, I, mean, I, I, never, about- sh- I never shut up about stuff that I love. <laughs> like my people on Facebook are like, oh, he's talking about that, that same company again. What an idiot. Well, Instagram, look at Instagram today. I mean, mm-hmm. That is a marketing dream to be able to have, you know, your customers, your loyal customers, your advocates out there pushing your product every mm-hmm. day. That's yeah, all free. Yeah, it's all free. Yeah. Like, I think that's why my half my Facebook people think I'm an idiot because I'm like, you should really be getting paid for that, man. Um, you you love it. I mean, there's there's certain products I can't live without in and the reputation of their um, domain is so important to me. Um, now, let me ask you this. It, it, you brought up Instagram. It seems like everybody now has become a brand in themselves. Obviously, the Chris Voss show is a brand, but we, we weren't like sitting out and going, we're going to be a brand. We're just like, I don't know, this idiot's got something to say, so we'll give him a mic. Uh, and we couldn't figure out what to call it. We're just like, call after the idiot with the mic. So that's how the Chris Voss show gets started. But... Uh, uh, that and some probably some narcissism or something. I don't know. Oh, clearly, people have seen that over 15 years, my dark triad traits. But uh, but basically, you know, you see this on Instagram. Everyone's a brand. Everyone's brand building. You know, uh, women are really big on Instagram brand building. You see a lot of, uh, you know, the 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 uh, a lot of sexual nature being sold over there. Uh, you know, hotness even in business brands. Like I'll see that translate into LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But everyone's a brand now. You know, you're a brand. I'm a brand. We're a speaker. We're authors. We're we're podcasters. You know, all that all that sort of stuff. And then we have to establish the whole brand matrix of, you know, whatever that looks like on the website, et cetera, et cetera. Is, is that, is that a, is that a true analysis? Am I reading the tea leaves correctly? Yeah. I, I, I think we're, we've used the term brand very loosely when we Mm -hmm. talk about personal branding. I, 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 the, the example I used of Queen Elizabeth II is is true i mean uh, oprah winfrey is a brand mm-hmm. uh, martha stewart is a brand Are, am i a brand i'd like to think i'm not mm. uh and the reason i don't want to be a brand is i'm bigger than a brand mm. in essence i'm i'm i have lots of different interests i'm mm. i'm i'm working on a book that's uh a cookbook i'm working on another book that is uh, on a, it's a photo book, a photo, uh, uh, journalistic kind of photo book. And when you're a brand, you have to be something to somebody you're solving a problem mm-hmm. and, or you're entertaining. I know you famous people become brands. They actually start with being famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they actually take it and they commercialize it by becoming a brand. Mm-hmm. But when you become a brand, you get into trouble because particularly famous people, they're more than just what their one thing is that they're, they're, they're promoting or what they're doing. So 
you know, if you want to go into one genre, singer, for example, and you say, oh, you know what? I don't want to be country singer anymore. I'm going to go do this. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, your 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 audience is going to say, no, no, we want you to be a country. We don't want you to be that over there. Yeah. So, so you you give up. You give up your freedom. Oprah Winfrey always said, like she said, I'm not a brand. I, I do not want to be a brand. Until one day she realized that one of the key attributes of being a brand is being consistent. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's one of my C's. <clears throat> If you're consistent always, and she has always been very consistent, she finally realized that, yes, I guess I am a brand. Well, obviously she is because she's got, you know, her face is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, anything she touches turns to gold mm-hmm. uh, as well. But you give up. So if you're a person that you're selling yourself, if, you, if you're a, a consultant or your service that you're, you're giving to others, uh, and solving their problems, then yeah, you probably have to be a brand. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't over engineer it because brand is really, oh, it's really complex. Yeah. And well, I, I would, let me debate you on that and push back right. on a little bit that you, that you are not a brand. Uh, you know, Oprah does a lot of things. And I, I get your, I get your context about how, you know, if you're a country singer, you know, you may be locked in. Like, uh, you know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, a good example is, uh, in the, this is going to date me in the 80s, Alda Nova. Uh, he put out two hard rock, pseudo, almost heavy metal, but really hard rock, hard hitting uh, albums. And somehow he just was like, hey, I want to go mainstream. I don't want to, I want to, I don't want this niche. I want to be, you know, on all the FM radios, which he, he, he kind of was, but he wanted to, he wanted to, you know, go, go big. And so he put out a third album that he tried to, he tried to, he stepped out of that whole thing and people like me and his audience, I especially remember it go, what the fuck did you just do? But there are people too that can transcend brands like i think yes. taylor swift has put out some makeup or some perfume i'm not a swifty so i i, I think i just heard this a little bit yep. you know she's she's oh, been yeah. able to do things uh so is oprah um uh, who's in, who's a country star that uh dolly parton like she just put out a heavy metal album i think and people buy anything she does but people but people my argument for this debate is people buy you and you are the brand and so people will say to me, you know what, Chris, I, I, I don't like some of the things you say, or sometimes you're controversial, or sometimes you just, cha- I'm not really controversial, I challenge what people will think. I'm, I'm the out-of-the-box guy, I'm the red pill guy. So I'm, I'm going to try and not go with everything all the time and go, okay, well, we're all marching this way. I'm going to be like the guy who goes, why the fuck are we marching this way? Right. And people are like, "Hey, you're you're out of line." It's like that's that's what I do. But people know that's my brand, and they know I'm going to be trying to be honest, integrity, truthful. What you say, consistency. Now, and and people like me, and they just want to go. They just go, "Hey, I want to see what this idiot boy is going to do," because he always is up to something interesting. And I think people that won't follow you as your brand, or what I, I'm accusing you of being a brand, uh, is is that. They like you and your character and your consistency, yes. and they don't yes. care if you do a book or you do a cookbook or whatever it is. They're just like, I like this guy. I like his morals, his ethics, his his uh, his professionalism, his you know whatever it is that appeals to them. 
and they're going to follow you to the ends of the earth. I don't know. That's my argument. No, I, I don't disagree. I'm not, I'm not going to argue on that in the sense of your values, because we all have our values. Mm -hmm. And and that's your that's your backstop, right? That's where mm -hmm. your foundation will be. But I'm not sure it's really that important just for an everyday person to be on Instagram. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, we can all be on Instagram and we can be famous and mm -hmm. we can be liked. But I don't know if you need a logo, you need a publicist, you need, you need to have, you know, a website, you need to have all the different things that you would normally have as a brand. Hmm. I think, I think people have kind of thought of becoming a brand and, and that's their whole positioning. So I don't there, know. There, there's a great, they want to be, there's a great quote. Uh, and yeah. I don't know where it came from, but I've, I've heard it a couple of times. Brands want to become more human. Mm. humans <laughs> want to become more like brands there you go there you go and and we can we can go down uh, you know i mean if we want to we can talk about social media its whole positioning wants us to be brands mm -hmm. so that that's content for them they want us to be always out there promoting ourselves Mm -hmm. I mean, I, again, I, I don't know if it's true or not. Um, that seems somewhat dark, but uh, I don't know if we have to be all brands. Do we have to be ourselves? Yes. Yeah, do we have yeah. to be, you know, do we have to be true to ourselves? Absolutely. But do I need a logo? Do I need, do I need to be on social and all the channels? Do I need to have a website? Do I need to do a blog? Do I need to do a podcast every day? It's, you know, I don't know. I, I think a good resume is, is probably the best thing for most people. There you go. But even like LinkedIn, being on LinkedIn, how you present yourself when we talk to that's right the things. Uh, but I get your point. Do we have to be a brand? No. We can just be freaking human beings and just kind of walk around and just be like, you know, I'm going to live my best life. Um, but it seems like um, social media in this dark Pandora's box that's been opened has kind of turned everybody into some sort of branding thing. Well, you know, everybody's a blogger. Everybody's got to have some sort of opinion on some stupid thing today. You know, go on to Facebook, you know, whether it's whether it's telling me what you ate for breakfast and posting a picture of it. You're, you're framing a brand, I think. But uh, you're right. We Not everybody has to do it. But it seems like everyone's doing it, just like yeah. you said. Yeah. So. And, and we're, we're being we're judging each other yeah. so drastically. Yeah. By all of this, all of this what is really evidence right mm -hmm. that doesn't yeah. disappear yeah it 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 uh you know and even if people aren't like communicating a brand i've seen people uh basically communicate well you know like you say consistency i think is what i keep coming back to is and when you see people break out of their consistency and do something that's a, the the uh alternate of their brand or the opposite of their brand like you're like wow i kind of trusted you and you're mm -hmm. you're really that person i see you now uh and i don't know that it, i don't know they really want to buy it because you basically you know like you see a lot of hypocrisy yeah. um do you want to talk about brand hypocrisy do we want to wander into that and no and no okay we'll just uh, leave that <laughs> off the resume uh one thing you talk about in the book because that's i mean that's a whole different thing we can get into about brand oh, hypocrisy and and how uh you know not walking your brand that's a that's a whole other show um 
you, you mentioned the book or you talk about the book, are women better brand builders? Uh, women consume over 75% of brands. I think they control, what is it? 95 or 90% of household spending. So are women bred or brand builders? So what I've found, and again, going back to the, the 20 um, branding queens, mm -hmm. is women are more empathetic. Mm -hmm. uh, and empathy is really important when you're building a brand. If you want those feelings of being connected to a brand. Right. Yeah. So that's a starting point. And the other part is, is they do understand other women and a lot of no surprise when you listed a lot of these brands they are targeted to women mm -hmm. so i mean it was natural for them to to communicate and to solve a problem that they had i mean mm -hmm. we, we talked a bit about Spanx uh with sarah blakely mm -hmm. she had a problem you know she had a problem and she solved it and she built a brand mm -hmm. there's yeah there's no guy coming up with Spanx like we just, we're just like, what? We have holy well, underwear we've been wearing for 15 years. Uh, what what it was Spanx? <laughs> let me tell you a side story here because when she was trying to get a, um, a prototype, so she went to all of the, there's actually all in North North Carolina. I, uh, I think it's North Carolina, uh, where all of the hosiery manufacturers are. Mm -hmm. And she went, and she was a she was at the time she was a salesperson she was a very good salesperson she actually was she trained people because she was so good and she thought okay i'll i'll be able to talk my way into one of these uh manufacturers to get them to to do uh, a prototype and she came back failed not mm -hmm. one of them said i ain't interested but a week later she gets a call from one of them and he says hey i've reconsidered i i'm i'm willing to help you and she goes, why? And he goes, I was telling my daughters at dinner and they said, dad, you're crazy. Call her. Wow. Uh, it, it, you know, it, and uh, the, her story reminds me of the story of, uh, I don't know if, it, I don't know how much of it's true or whatnot, but basically back in the day, bras were made by men and designed by men who have no idea what, what it's like to wear a bra. And, and the hosiery is the same thing. The hosiery, yeah, yeah. what she what she discovered was they had this um, cutout mm -hmm. um, template of the different sizes. And of course, they're just going lengthwise. There's no width um, dimension uh, attached to this. So it was pretty archaic in the sense of there's like four sizes. Mm -hmm. Well, we know there's not four sizes of people out there. There's not. <clears throat> I'm one of them that's uh, several sizes. <laughs> <laughs> so so getting back to it, they, they had this ability to understand their target audience very well. They wanted to solve a problem. That's what brands do. They solve problems. There you go. Uh, one of my one of my friends, uh, Kara Golden, uh, she's the founder and CEO of Hintwater. Uh, she went into this where, you know, she wanted to drink something healthy and something that maybe had some fruit in it, but, uh, you know, it was still like water, but, you know, more enjoyable than just plain old water, but also healthy for you. And, you know, she was addressing a, a market where it was, you know, Coke and Pepsi and, hey, would you like five pounds of sugar with your drink there? You know, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, all, all, the, all the ingredients you can't really read. 
And so she come up with trying to do different ways to, to uh, build a brand that had, uh, that was talking about water. And, you know, this was something that she wanted as a woman, you know, to drink healthy and, you know, lose weight and, and, you know, just, just live your best life and, and not be drinking, you know, five pounds of, of sugar in every, in everything, or, you know, drinking diet cola that's got rat poison in it. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. And so, and so she created that, but you're right. Women are probably better at, at, like I said, PR agents and other things because they can connect that emotion and they can take and put it into the language they put it into the marketing, put it into the PR spin and, and their emotion because, you know, they're very emotional based. Um, and so they, they can, they, they're more connected to their feelings where men, you know, I mean, we have feelings, but you know, we're mostly stoic by nature. And so well, we're just like, whatever. There's another, another really important element to this. And mm. that's listening, mm. listening to your customers. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, I will build it and they will come. Ah. Right. That that's a, mm -hmm. that's a male approach to, to marketing mm -hmm. uh, or to building a product. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Ford, I'm going to, you know, give you, uh, you can choose whatever color as long as it's black. <laughs> uh, the IBM right? way. Yeah. Right. So, so no, they, they understood who they were communicating with and yeah, they listened. They, they didn't know. Well, here's the other interesting thing. Mm -hmm. None of these women had any formal education to build a brand. They were not, a, how do you become an entrepreneur? You just do it, right? Just do it. And they understood that they knew nothing. And that's probably the best way to go in because mm -hmm. you learn and you learn from others. You listen, you, you surround yourself with good people. Nothing's worse than if you think you know everything and you're going to solve it all because you're going to eventually run into a, a a situation that you can't uh and you you don't have anybody else around to help you because you you know everything so why yeah. would anyone else want to help you so they actually started absolutely they still had an understanding of where they were going because most of them people said you were crazy it's not going to work mm -hmm. and and they had to have that persistence and that belief in themselves but at the same time they learned from others all the way through the, the the journey and they had to learn about marketing they had to learn about production distribution they had to learn about you know uh, employees they were continuous learners i mean look at martha stewart today mm -hmm. she has reinvented herself every couple of years yeah i'm just thinking of pies right now i'm so hungry just about martha stewart <laughs> i'm thinking of her pies right now <laughs> <laughs> anything she cooks she's got such a great personality too and it's always so warm and wonderful and you just want her to be your mom or grandma where you're just like mom we make me a sandwich um and and she you know especially when she makes desserts oh my god all right we need to get off this because clearly chris is on his intermittent fasting uh thing with the food uh you know i saw one, one other cool female brand that i saw that was really unique was uh uh you know, we, we, you talked about the black colors of, of the, you know, there was the IBM man and of course the Fords and, and probably the Edsel, a woman probably should have gotten involved with designing that because that thing was ugly as hell. Um, but one thing I saw, it was a great story where a woman, you know, in the proliferation of where more women are single now than ever. In fact, Morgan Stanley says by 2030, 40, what is it? 45% of women between childbearing age 25 to 44 will be single. 
um, that they don't have, you know, a man around the house to help do, uh, you know, the honeydews, you know, fix stuff with the tools and stuff. And so she went down to Home Depot and wherever, I don't know if it's Home Depot, but, you know, the, the store, and none of the tools appealed to her, right? And she's like, you know, these are all masculine-looking tools and colors and tools. And so she said, well, you know, there, I, I think I see a lane here for, for an innovation. And so she came up with a tool line that was more marketed towards women. Women have smaller hands than men. So, you know, they don't have, you know, the, how they grip the tools is important. And then she made them all pink, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. And, and, and so now, you know, she's hit that lane where, you know, she can make these tools that women will use around the house and stuff that is more related to that. And we've seen the proliferation, you know, we joked about the, the black colors, you know, the old IBM guy where everyone had to wear a black suit and tie to the, to the IBM. Uh, you know, we've seen the proliferations. Everything's got 50 million shades of color now, you know. It used to be when I was growing up, it seemed like there was, I don't know, that ugly olive green thing that your refrigerator was and the ugly orange and the red shag carpet or that, that uh, dog poop colored shag carpet, you know. And now everything's got, everything comes in 50 million colors. So God bless it. It's definitely improved. <laughs> That's diversity. There you go. Diversity of colors and, and uh, you know, everyone's got different flavors, choices, personalities, and you can find what emotionally identifies with, with you. I mean, I've had, I've had employees come to work in my office. They're like, hey, can I paint my office? And I'm like, no. And they're like, I, it just doesn't make me feel well. And I'm like, I'm not paying you to feel well. I'm paying you to do your job. But then I finally had to relent and go, okay, fine. If it makes you happy, you can paint your office. So have you ever seen a pink Cadillac? Yep. And when you see a pink Cadillac, what do you think? I think they work for that uh, that one multi-level marketing organization. Mary Kay. Mary Kay. Cosmetic. There you go. She's one of the ladies in, in, the, in the book. Mm. So she did exactly similar to your story. She took the color pink and she owned it uh, as one of her colors. Mm -hmm. And that was her signature color. But brilliant to get Cadillacs painted pink because they didn't come in pink. Uh, and she would be out there giving these away or giving leases, I think, in some cases, to some of the sales, the top salespeople. And that was a successful person. Oh, yeah. And when you saw the car, you knew that there was an excess, successful Mary Kay salesperson. And I've never been to a Mary Kay thing. I've never been associated with the brand. I've never used the product at all. I just know that from the yeah, public forum of seeing those cars and being like, why are these pink cars around? And of course, what an iconic sort of um, success image, you know, where you're saying, hey, this person is successful. They've earned this and, and do done well. And you can, too, if you want to, you know, sell well for Mary Kay and just brilliant from those sort of marketing levels. So I've got another another story, a color story okay. of, of uh so this is Olive and Beach. So Beach Air aircraft. Um, they're small planes. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still flying today out there. Um, they've since uh, been bought out by another company. I'm not sure who owns them now. But uh, they're still flying. Um, these are beautiful little planes. And when she, her husband passed away, she took over the business. Um, it became an international uh, business before she mm -hmm. sold it. Uh, um, and she retired. But she had what they call the beach um, blue, and she had this, it was her favorite color. 
Mm -hmm. And so she had had interiors of a lot of these planes, and they were there are very high end planes. The executives uh, would fly on these planes. Um, doctors, lawyers would um, actually fly them themselves, but there were also the uh, others um, that were you would be you would have your own uh, pilot. And so she had this this blue color uh, in her plane, and she had logos. And so when uh, Cadillac, because she used to buy Cadillac every mm -hmm. every couple of years and she would get them to paint it her um, beach blue color because mm. it was her favorite color anyways uh one day she got an order from from cadillac um of, i think about 10 planes or something and she was asked they had asked in the specifications that they had to remove all of the beach logos off the plane now, there's beach logos all over. Dials have beach logos on them. There was mm -hmm. all over the plane, there was all of these different logos. They had to remove them for the 10 planes that they bought. So the next time she went to get her, her Cadillac painted <laughs> in a brand new cab, she said, and I'd like all the Cadillac logos, please removed from my Cadillac. Wow. Wow. Great That's story. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, the the uh, um, you know branding is everything when it comes down to it. So as we go out, this has been a great discussion, uh, Kim. Uh, as we go out, uh, give us your final thoughts, final pitch on the book to, to readers out there to pick it up. So it's a really easy read book. Uh, if you're not if you're an entrepreneur, I think any entrepreneur would gain uh, knowledge from reading this. Not only will they gain not only knowledge, but they'll actually gain enthusiasm of learning from how these other women started actually from ground zero and they built these iconic brands and they sure did everything work? No, but they learned and they actually went in with an open mind. So these are short stories. There's 20 of them. As I said, you could probably read one each night uh, before you go to bed, if you've got that time, but, and you'll also learn about branding. Uh, as well. But I think if you are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, after you read these 20 stories, I think you'll be inspired to want to be. There you go. And and like I say, uh, women are the driving force of purchasing. I mean, they really are. Uh, women control or influence 85% of consumer spending in the United States, yeah. includes 91% of new home purchases. I learned that as a realtor. You do not sell the man. You sell the woman. The woman makes the decision on, on buying the home. The man just has to pay for it. Uh, women's purchasing power ranges from $5 trillion to $15 trillion annually. Uh, and their emphasis has grown as they've gained economic power, like the Morgan Stanley I cited earlier. Uh, the reason Morgan Stanley did that report was to tell people, hey, uh, women spending more money on consumer goods and stuff is just going to keep increasing. And um, you need to bring products to market that uh, services to market that that bear that sort of thing. And uh, so, yeah, if you're an entrepreneur, this is a really important thing to understand because, you know, most times uh, in a household, a woman has control of the consumer spending. She's the one buying on Amazon. She's the one going to the store still usually uh, buying groceries, clothing. Uh, you know, she's even sometimes buying the stuff for men. Uh, targeted to men, you know, because I've had plenty of girlfriends say, hey, I bought this for you, wear this, and I'm like, no. Uh, so there's that. Uh, even women's economic influence increased with age. Women 50 and older reported to control $15 trillion of all spending. So, yeah, 
you definitely want to so, market to the purse strings. I'll give you just another stat, though, that's somewhat depressing. Uh, first of all, entrepreneurs, it's about 50-50. Uh, mm -hmm. women entrepreneurs out there as, as men entrepreneurs. But when you look at venture capital, uh, I've got a figure from 2021, 2%, 2% goes to, to women startups really? uh, out wow. there. It's, it's like a rounding error. Yeah. So there's still work to be done to try and level the, the, the playing field uh, for allowing them to get ahead and to, build brands because today you need you need to get that that depth very quickly uh, particularly if it's, a, if it's a digital platform you need investment uh dollars to get that platform up and running uh and get the the, the base that you need quickly there you go there you go El silicon valley has gotten some uh, uh crap for that and i know they've tried to yeah. balance it or they Say they're trying to balancing. I don't know. I'm not in Silicon Valley, so it's not my problem. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely some interest there. But yeah, as as a business, you know, I I would love to be able to sell you know women's brands to women. Um, it, they're so loyal to them. Uh, it, it's incredible. You know, between makeup and and perfume and all the things they buy, uh, and and they're usually incredibly brand loyal. I think, aren't they? Uh, it seems to me they are. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when they they love a oh those purses and those shoes, those Christian Dior, I you know I don't even understand it all. I'm a, I'm an alpha man. I don't. I'm just, I'm still wearing the same underwear from ten years ago and the same shorts from ten years ago, and until they until they fall off me in public, and I'm like I should probably stop wearing these, uh, or the judge says so. Uh, I'm I'm still just doing my thing, but I'm happy, and that's what matters. Uh, thank you very much, Kim, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. It's been super insightful, and everyone should pick up your book. Give us your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. Sure, it's Rozdeba R O Z D E B A at dot com. There you and go. You, you can also find me on LinkedIn too. Thanks for this fun conversation. We really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you. There you go. Thanks to our audience for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and Chris Foss One, or else. I don't know. It just sounded funny at the time. It's a callback joke. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time.